know, uh, this series that uh, really put in our hearts to, in my heart to do, and, and I'm excited for what God is doing for our church. And I tell you, uh, last week we talked about one father, and, uh, and so uh, I hope you were blessed by that. And this morning I'm going to talk about one son. I'm going to do the best to uh, really, really uh, 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 allow the Lord to use me to share about one son. Because we, we, we do serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And um, so, uh, God the Son, uh, we need to go into the word this morning in Isaiah chapter 9. Because it tells us who he is, the Son. And Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7 in a New Living Translation says this, For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Come on, somebody. His government and his peace will never end. Ain't that good news already? And he goes on to say, he will rule with Fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. All eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's army will make this happen. Come on, somebody. Somebody give God some praise this morning because he is our father, our son. Amen. He is a wonderful counselor. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is everlasting father and prince of peace. The Bible even says that that he is the bread of life. The bread of life, church. The Bible says in John 6, 35, New Living Translation, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I don't know about you, but that's some good news that we got this morning, church, amen. That I, that he is the bread of life, amen. That if we would just love him and worship him, that we will never thirst again. I know, that's, that's who he is. He is the son Uh, of God, the King of Israel, the King of Israel. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 34, and I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. On verse 39, on, on verse 49 of the same chapter, Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel, the Son of God. One Son. That's what we serve. That's what we believe. We believe in one Father. We believe in one Son. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. The Bible calls him the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God, church. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. And this is what he said in John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Come on. Because of the Son. Amen. We've been forgiven, church. 
Because the Son of God, we've been forgiven. Our sins have been taken away. I don't know about you, but that's great news to us this morning. That our sins have been taken away as we repent before the Father of God. The Son, what he's done, he's called the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God that takes away our sins. Man, I tell you, I'm just so grateful that I've been forgiven. I'm so grateful that I've been forgiven, church. And this is what his desire is, that you be understand that, you know what, that he came, that we can be forgiven, that we come to the throne of God and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, and they can be washed away. That's why he's called the Lamb of God. He's even called the Good Shepherd, the Good Shepherd. In John 10, 11, I am the Good Shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Can I tell you something? You are bad. You are a sheep. That was bad, but anyway. You are a sheep. Listen, that's what God calls it. That's why we need a shepherd. Because we, 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 we seem to astray at times, and a good shepherd goes after the one. And he brings them back to himself. That's why he's called the good shepherd. Because he cares about who we are. He cares about your life. He cares about your destiny. He cares about who you are. And he cares that you are forgiven. He is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. The son of God. What a blessing. Don't ever, you know, one of the things that I've learned in my personal life is that I don't want to take lightly of who Jesus is. Did you hear me? We intend to take Jesus lightly. We, we intend to take what he's done for us lightly, church. And we have to be careful, amen, not to take Jesus lightly for what he's done. He is the good shepherd. He cares about our affairs, he cares of what we're, what's going on within our personal lives. He is a good shepherd. A good shepherd cares. It's like a mother and father. They care for the good affairs of their children. And this is what God is. This is the son. He cares of your affairs, how you live. And I'm grateful. Let us not take lightly what the son of God has done for us. Don't take it lightly, church. Sometimes uh, we read three, John 3, 16 like it's nothing no more. We read it like it's nothing. It doesn't mean much at times, but it still means so much because it still has power in it. It still has authority in it. The Son of God did so much. He is the good shepherd. You know what he is? He is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. And this is what he's going to say. He says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Did you get that? Here's the light of the world. And he expects us to follow him. The Bible says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Let me tell you something, church. If we can understand that and take it to heart, that we'll follow him and follow him with a sincere heart, with our love for him, we will not walk in darkness. 
We will not walk in darkness. In other words, all our nasty stuff that we have done can be washed away sincerely. We don't have to go back to our vomit. Hello, somebody. We don't have to go back to our vomit. We can walk in the light, but we have to do one that's so critical. We must walk with him. There's a lot of people that know about Jesus, Son of God, but they don't want to walk with him. They don't want to be the light, and he is the light, church. He is the light of the world. The Bible says, amen, in John 9, 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. And how does that sustain itself? Is when we start walking with him because we start becoming the light of the world. Because we start talking like the son of God. We start acting like the son of God. We start behaving like the son of God. Amen. We start behaving like the son of God church. Amen. He is the light of the world. He is the great I am. He is the great I am church. The Bible says in, in Exodus, uh, I'm sorry, in, in um, John chapter 8, 58, the new King James version. He says, Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Whoo. Thank God that we serve a mighty God. He is, I am. I am the way, he says. I am the truth, he says. And I am the life. He said, you know what? He's the only one that proclaimed that he is the way, the truth, and the life. You know that? He's the only one that, that stood bold to say, this is who I am. I am the risen Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise the Lord. There are so many people that want, they, have, they say that I am, but let me say, they have never raised the dead. They've never healed the sick. They've never done nothing. But Jesus has. He is from the beginning, church. Jesus, you know, when we talk about one father, one son, it is all one. There's not two different people. It's all one. We, and what was that saying? Jesus Christ, that's not Jesus and Christ's last name. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, you know what? Christ is his last name. No, it's not. Jesus Christ is the Father, the Son of God. Christ. You don't have a last name like you and I. It's not Pedro Sanchez. It's I am who I am. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus confirms his Godship in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, church. He says this, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, when you look at that, we can look at in, in, in John chapter 8, verse 58, when Jesus responded to questions from the Jews about his claims about himself. Because everybody wants to know who he was. Remember that? Everybody wants to know who he is. Who he is. Who's this guy that professing this and claiming this and all this? You know, everybody was curious. Have you ever been curious who the son is? 
He was, they were curious about who he was and everything. And he comes to the place of his life, amen. And he simply, simply tells them this in John chapter 8, 58. Jesus said to them, most surely I say to you, listen to this. Before Abraham was, I am. Wow. I am. Before Abraham was, he says, I am. See, when Moses asked God, church, what he should say when the children of uh, a visual asked who had sent him to lead them out of Egypt. Again, who are you? Because, you know, who are we to profess? Who are we? And, and, and it came to a place in the life where, where, where Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, he told, God said to Moses to tell him this, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am who has sent me. Hallelujah. Proclaiming his identity that I am God. I am the true Savior. I am the way. I'm the creator of the heavens and the earth church. Jesus is part. He is God himself. That's who he is. He's not separate from God. He's not like, you know, we think, well, there's a son, you know. No, he's God. He is the true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He was there in the midst of creation. He was in the midst when talking to Moses. He was in the midst of everything that was going on, church. That's who our son is, the son of God is. You know, I think, you know, the Bible says that he made of his own image. Can we say that the son of God came into the world, that it was God's image? Well, we say we have never seen God, and it's true. But they saw God. To the Son. Did you hear me? They saw God to the Son. He walked on earth. He said, I am who I am. I am the way, the truth. So nobody's seen God, but when God sent his Son in the physical form, we saw God. Did you hear me? We saw him. Now, we only got pictures of him, the blonde, blue-eyed guy. He's so gorgeous. He's so fine. But that's a lot from the pits of hell. Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, we try to make them all different colors. Hello. I'm sure in Indonesia, he's Indonesian. I'm sure in China, he got Chinese eyes. And in, in Mexicanos, Hispanic, we got sombreros. We got sombrero on him. Hallelujah. Pancho Villa. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Get carried away now. I'm getting out of, out of, out of tune here. Amen. <laughs> what amazing church that, that God has given us a description of who he is. How God has given us inside of, of the son of God to help us to understand. And I'm, I'm blessed. We should be blessed. Now, let's go back for a moment. Seven years before Christ was born, prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament foretold his birth. That's amazing. It says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he says this, 
Therefore, the Lord himself will give you, give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall con conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. You know, we see the same verse confirmed in the New Testament church. In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, he says this, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. God is with us. In Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, it says, they shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Foretold to us. Been foretold to us. That the Son of God would come and be born. Many years back, church, and, and we see in the New Testament confirming what has been spoken because God always warns us what He's doing. He's always giving us inside of what He's doing because He is the Son of God. He wants to, um, us to embrace, even though we, they didn't understand it, what was going on, but God knew what He was doing. So, Apart from predicting his birth, church. Apart from predicting his birth, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53 also predicts his life and his death. His life and his death. And verse 1 through 5, he says this, For who has, who has believed our report and to, whom was, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a father, I mean, as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of commonness. Commonness? Commonness? Okay. And when he sees him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hide, as it were, our faces from him. We was, I'm sorry, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Wow. The prediction of what he would do for us. What he would do for us. It was in to the prophets to help us to understand, even though we were blind to it. But yet he predicted that he was going to send the Savior for our lives. That we would not even recognize him as a Savior. 
the Bible records more than 300 church prophecies, prophecies concerning Jesus Christ. 300 prophecies concerning Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It's been foretold and foretold what the Son of God would do for us. Let us not forget, church. Let us not forget why you and I are here this morning. Why are you and I here raising our hands and praising songs to the King of Kings? Let us not forget, church, amen, that we have been born again. We have been set free by the blood of the Lamb. It's been predicted for us for many years. Many prophecies were being spoken about this, this act that would become. All these prophecies were fulfilled, church, were fulfilled through his life, death, and resurrection. It's been fulfilled, church. Some of, some of the other prophets in the Old Testament, church, that predicted his birth include prophet Hosea. The Bible says in Hosea 11.1, 1, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Hallelujah. Been predicted, prophesied. And I don't know how we can ignore the Son of God. How we can't believe, church. This verse also confirms in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For one, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The life of Jesus Christ as recorded in the New Testament church is a fulfillment of what was foretold in the Old Testament. Let's not forget why. The Apostle John is the gospel according, amen, to John's role, a prologue which distributed Jesus Christ as a pre-existent word incarnated in John chapter 1. Church. Listen to what it says. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend. Let's look at John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1 verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, where he is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. You know, the, the words, church, in the beginning is a deliberate, I said that word, uh, deliberate echo of what was written in Genesis chapter 1. Chapter 1. When it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Did you hear that? God created the heavens and the earth. The use of the same phrase in the beginning, church, is to show that even right at the beginning, Jesus was there with God. He was there with God. He was there with God in the creation of the world. That's who he is. He is God. 
That's why we believe in one father and one son and one spirit. Because that's the God of our father. Because why? He's here to help creation. It was helped to help us. Without the son, you would not be able to have a relationship with God. Did you hear me? Without the son, you could not have a relationship with God. We're all doomed to hell because of that. But the son, God, and all his creation, all his wisdom, he knew what was going to happen to us and how we were going to act and what we were going to do and how, how foolish we would become. And he said, listen, I'm trying to let us know through his word. I was there when all this happened. I was there when creation happened. I was there when God spoke into the, the, the light to be, to, to be, um, to exist. We can see these examples in John chapter 17 where Jesus said in verse 5, And now our Father glorify me together with yourself and with the glory which I had with, your, uh, with you before the world was. The Son of God. The Son of God. He knew. And he's telling us that I, I'm God. We can see also in First Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 20, where it says this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, I said, preeminence, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself church by him whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross hallelujah you know you know when i think about the son of god you know one of the things that you know the devil hated about god is cuz he knew what he was going to come and do in a sense and he wanted, he wanted to make sure that there was, that thing was never fulfilled. Never to be fulfilled, church. Because we know through reading the Bible that as a baby, as a baby, Jesus had enemies. Remember that? He had enemies, church, who went to great length to kill him. Come on. It never, it never goes as easy as we think it should go. The enemy always wants to fight us. 
and wants to destroy us and wants to kill us. And there's no different that he wanted to do with baby Jesus. He wanted to destroy the destiny. He wants to destroy your destiny. He wants to destroy your life. There's no different that he was trying to do with Jesus. The baby, he knew that, that, that baby Jesus was going to have an impact on this world. He knew it. And you know what? The devil knows you're going to have an impact in this world. He knows you can have an impact in this world, and he'll do anything to kill you. That's why you and I have enemies every single day of our life. That's why we have to be equipped, prepared, alert, because the enemy is like a roaring lion to see how he may devour us, how much he might destroy us, how much he might jack up your mindset, because he doesn't want you to fulfill the destiny. They didn't want to fulfill Jesus' destiny either. The Bible says that, that, the, that Jesus had enemies who went to great lengths to kill him. Herod, remember Herod? Herod, in his desire to kill Jesus, ordered all the male children, two years and under, to be killed. What an ugly time that was. That was ugly. That, I mean, can you imagine if your child, a firstborn child, let's, you know, Judah would have been killed. Would have been killed. That's ugly. And this is the way the enemy works. He wants to kill our lives. He wants to kill who we are. Did you know that through Christ's life, the Jews and their leaders hated him with a passion? It's amazing what, what one, one son, one man can do. And this is why, for us, the Son of God is showing us, listen, because you love me, people are going to hate you. Because you serving me, you're going to have enemies. We have enemies, and we're going to why? Why do they hate me so much? I only love God. I want to serve God with all that I have. And they hate me with a passion. They call you, you religious, uh, you know, whatever, you, you holy roller, you know, you know, you don't think for yourself, uh, you know, you, all, all the negative stuff you can think of. And we want to just serve God. We just want to serve the Lord with all our hearts. You tell someone about Jesus, I don't want to hear about it. It's just sad, isn't it? That we're in that place in our life, but it happened years ago with our son, with, the, with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Amen. That he, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. They, they didn't want him to fulfill. Him. He was just a baby. They heard about him. They didn't want him to fulfill his destination. But this is, but this how. Uh, It did not bother, once Christ came to a place of growing, it did not bother him uh, what anybody thought. And in the, same, in the same way, we have to be the same way, church. We, we, we can't think, we can't allow people to, 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 to uh, bother us of what they think of what we, who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. The Bible says it in John chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. If the world hates you, he says. If the world hates you, 
you know that it hated me before it hated you. What a respond to help us to grasp. Listen, I understand you're hated. I understand you don't like to not be welcome all the time. I know it's a bother to you. But, but the reality is that, that God is saying, they hated me before they hated you. They hated me before they hated you. And in verse 19, if you were of the world, the world will love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world. Listen. What a response to the disciples. A response to the disciples, he says, because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. I choose you. Did you hear that? I choose you out of the world. I have chosen you out of the world. You didn't pick this. I did. God said, I have done this. I have caused you out of the world. And because of that, people are going to hate you. People are going to hate you, church. See, God the Father, church, endorsed Jesus Christ as his son on several occasions. He endorsed him, church. We see an example in Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17. We also see Mark chapter 1. You can read this in, in your time. Uh, Matthew, uh, Mark 1, verse 10 and 11, and Luke 3, 21. Uh, for the same account. The Bible records that after the baptism of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and lighting on him. A voice from heaven, or a voice was heard from heaven saying, this is my beloved son who I love. With him, with him I am well pleased. Hallelujah. A voice, and a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son who I love. With, who, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. God, listen to God. See, apart from being God's son, church, Jesus was also God's chosen servant. He's the one that God chose. He says, you're going to go down there and you're going to take care of business. You're going to go down there and take care of business, man. I've chosen you. God has chosen you to take care of business. Did you hear me? God has chosen you to take care of business. That's why you have like Jesus Christ, your personal. That's why you have been baptized. If you're not been baptized, we need to baptize you in Jesus' name. Come on. We'll bring a pool in here and we'll baptize you. In Jesus' name, we'll baptize you. That's right. We'll have a baptism service and we'll put you right in the middle right there. We got concrete. It's okay. It's going to be washed away. Amen. Come on. Because we need to be baptized. I've chosen you. I've chosen you. Hallelujah. Would you stand for, for a moment with me, please? Would you lift up your hands to our Father this morning? Jesus, just lift up your hands, church, to our Father. Would you thank the Lord? This morning, just for who Christ is, just thank him, church. You know, sometimes we, 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 we come to church, and we might know some of this stuff, and 
And sometimes we, we just overlook what, what, what really it's happened in our lives and what our Father in heaven has done for this world, for this world, not just for you, but for this whole world, for this whole world, church, that we live in. And sometimes we forget. So lift up your hands to the Lord and just would you worship because Jesus Christ is the true Son of God. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning, God. Father, for who you are, God. You are the only begotten Son, Father. Yes, you are, Lord. We thank you. And we love you, God, this morning, God. And we thank you, Lord, because you are the true Son of God. He is the exact representation of the nature of God, church. And so, Lord, we love you this morning, God, and we worship you, God. And we thank you for our salvation this morning, God. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb, God. We thank you for what you have done for us, Lord. And Father, this morning, God, we ask of you, Lord, that you forgive us, God. Church, ask the Lord to forgive you this morning. This morning, whatever, maybe it's something that, you know, just, just right now we've got to come before God and say, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, God, for not obeying, not for living the life that you have called us to live, God. Father, we thank you this morning, God, for the blood of Jesus, our Savior, our Deliverer, this morning, God. King of kings and Lord of lords, God. You are the Alpha and the Omega, God. You are the way, the truth, and the life, God. Jesus, forgive sins, church. Jesus forgives sins. He is the only one that can forgive you of your sins. And he came to this earth to forgive us of our sins, church. To turn away from our iniquities, from our ways of the world. So right now, he is a God he always will be a God that forgives us of our sins. So, Father, this morning, God, we thank you for the blood. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus, our Savior, our Deliverer. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God. Hallelujah. Now, would you give the Lord a big hand clap of praise, church? Come on. Thank you, Lord. You can take your seats for a moment. He gave, his, he gave his son for us, church, like a lamb to the slaughter to die for our sins. To die for our sins. By this singer at church, he became uh, the sacrifice that pleased our Father in heaven. God was pleased for what he's done. So when a man committed a sin, he had to shed the blood, church, back in the days. And I said a little bit about this last week. And this is the greatest thing about what God has done for us. Because before you had to kill an animal. For you animal lovers, you would hate that time of your, of your life. Because he had to kill. That was the only way he could shed the blood. That was the only way. 
But thank God for Jesus that we don't have to do no more. He did the sacrifice. He shed the blood for you and I. You and I don't have to go to the only thing. You and I have to come to recognize who, what he's done and ask for forgiveness. That's it. That's it. And then when you ask for forgiveness, then you walk according to the word of God. See, many people, one, ask for forgiveness, and, and that's all they do, but they don't go further than that. For God's forgiven you. But now you've got to walk the path of forgiveness. You have to walk that path of forgiveness. And what does that mean? That, that you turn away from those things that you're doing. God will help you to stop cussing. Hello, somebody. God will help you stop drinking. God will help you to say things that are not appropriate. That's what God does. He helps us. And he cleans us from this stuff. He removes our sins. He takes care of us. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, New New Translation says this, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. <coughs> Excuse me. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, our wrongdoing, for it's written in the scriptures, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. Church, he has redeemed us in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ, through Christ, through Christ, church, Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's why when Christ died, he died for us, the veil was broke in half. That we can go through the Father on our own. No, you know, I mean, what a blessing to you and I, that you can talk to the Father now. When I take time in my prayer time, I'm talking to the Father, to God. I'm talking to direct line. I, there's no, I don't have to go through other people to get there. You know, it's like in a business, you know, you got the, the owner and the vice president and this and this. And before you can get to, you got to go through too many channels to get there. But you don't have to do that with God no more because the veil was broken. And we can have that communication with God, church, this morning. What, 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 I don't know. I don't know how you look at that, but I look at it. What a blessing that I can talk with the Father. This morning I got up and I talked with the Father. I just said, Father, I bless you. Father, I worship you. Father, I thank you for your son that died for my sins. Father, I thank you for this morning's service. Father, I thank you for the people that you bring to the service. What a blessing that we have that connection. That whatever you're going through, whatever storm you're going through, that you can go to the Father. Whatever you're going through your life, if you keep yourself connected with the Father, I'm telling you, he'll wipe and cleanse you and help you through life. He'll help you. Me and my me and uh, our missionary pastor Rory, we, you know, we have a lot of conversations. And he always says, you know, that my relationship with God keeps me sustained from doing stupid things. 
I'm telling you, if you want to stop doing stupid things, church, stay connected with the Father. If you want things to change in your personal life, stay connected to the Father, to the Son. Stay connected. I'm telling you, people always, and I say this time and time because people always argue, argue about their, 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 their difficulties of serving God. It's not difficult to serve God. It's not. You know why it's difficult? Because you still desire the world. You don't want to separate yourself. You don't want to separate yourself. You desire more of the world. It's like anything else. I'm a believer. The more you work on worldly stuff, the more you desire it. And the more you, you work in relation with God and the more you fight for it, the more you desire to worship and be with God. There's no, that's the way it works. There's no other way that it works, church. People all want to say, I want to do better, I want to do, well, then do it. The father has given his son and is breaking that curse out of our lives when he died on the cross. when he died on the cross for us. He died on the cross for you know. You know that Christ had a passion to do the will of God? Do we have a passion to do the will of God? He was willing to die on the cross for your sins. That's passion. He was an emotional God. He cared that no matter what it took, people, people insulting him and spitting at him and, and making all these ugly uh, 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 words against him. But he was passionate enough to do what the Father had called him to do. He was passionate. Are we passionate to thank him for what he's done for us? Or we're passionate enough to say, you know what? I'm going to do all that I can not to fall into that sin again. I'm going to be passionate enough that I'm not going to walk that fine line no more. I'm going to be passionate enough to allow God to renew my mind. Not to fall into all these lies that the devil puts in my mind and people. Am I passionate enough? To walk the straight line. Am I passionate enough to walk that narrow road that God says that I must walk? The narrow road. Walk that narrow road for his kingdom, church. And I close with this. No other individual church that live on earth has had much of an impact as Jesus Christ. No one else. He turned the world upside down, man. Even thousands of years after his death, he still yokes very strong and deep emotions of love in his followers and hated for those who do not know him. His power are still as Eminence, limitless, and potent as when he made his first appearance 
into this world. Let's stand before God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. Just thank him for his son, Jesus.